Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The telephone number is 0800 150 if you want to talk about this weekend. Super, uh, I was going to say Super Rugby International between the Box and the All Blacks. Arguably the biggest test match well, since the two Irish tests. But in the context of those losses, uh, certainly since John Hart dropped five tests in a row, uh, expectations, do you honestly think we can, I think we can maybe win one, but surely you've got to win two to send a message to the New Zealand public that things are on an upward trajectory and that possibly we could win a Rugby World Cup next year. Anyway, uh, Ted, good evening. Welcome. Thank you for phoning. Oh, oh g'day, Mark. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, I actually like um, commentary about the All Blacks um, expectations this weekend. Uh, I sort of disagree. It doesn't matter if we lose or not. I mean, it's not the be or end of of our rugby. I think it's just a reflection of where we are at that time uh, in space of what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, but I guess the question is, yes, it's the space of our rugby, but is it avoidable? Um, that's the question. And will we really know if it's avoidable? Um, and the only way I guess we'll really find out if it is avoidable if we change the coach and we get a Scott Robertson in and the results continue to be the same, then I think we can genuinely say, look, that's just where we're at and we're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we need to change a coach. Um, I think it's, it's endemic to how we coach in New Zealand. And even Scott Robertson, um, even though they think he's quite flash what he does for Crusaders, um, I think it's still the same pattern he coaches with because he's grown up in the same system. So um, um, maybe it's affected our players aren't fit enough. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, if, it, if the players are not good enough, I'll keep going back. This goes back to New Zealand rugby, um, placing so much emphasis on the All Blacks. And I, in my opinion, I, I still go back to Steve Chew and Steve Hansen, and I think they're complicit in this, and that's just my opinion. Um, and the fact that they made the All Blacks so top-heavy, they didn't really think that, Club rugby was that important? Uh, they've made the mitre team. No, I, 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 I don't think they thought that. Well, I never well, heard well, well no, but no, but I mean, you know, not a lot of resources have ever been put into that. The Mitre Ten Cup, or the, what do they call it, the Bunnings NPC, is sort of just a just a, a selection now for Super Rugby. And in Super Rugby, well, I mean, that's a shadow of what it was. Well, it's always been voluntary. That part of the competition has always been voluntary. It's, it's never been you know, um, supported by New Zealand Rugby. But but you've got to make sure all those other parts of the game are healthy, and then you will get a good succession what plan. What part of the game are you talking about, Mark? Pardon? Oh, no, club rugby's got what to be of... club rugby has to be really yeah, really yeah. strong. You know, it, it, we, the stepping stone to higher honours can't just be schoolboy rugby. Oh, of course, you're dead right. You're so right. It shouldn't be. It should be club rugby. That's where I grew up through club rugby. Yeah. But Clubbury was never ever sponsored by New Zealand Rugby. No, but I'm but I'm saying but it was always sponsored by the community. But no, but I'm saying that New Zealand Rugby have made it. You know, the Players Association takes such a large chunk now. Our players get paid a hell of a lot of money, and there's always at a professional this, level. You're talking about the way at professional yeah, level. at a professional level. But I think it's gone too. Yeah. I think it's gone too far. I, I I do. I just look. I know that they can get paid a lot of money overseas, much more than here, but you've still got to have a reputation here to make the big money overseas. And so I think sometimes you've just... Oh, I think we still do that. You still have those players that do that in New Zealand. Mm. And it's because of the fact that they've grown up in that in the community environment yeah, through I, the, I, the I, schools and 
their club. I, I don't I, I look I, I don't currently believe there's any all black that deserves a million dollars a year for playing the game in this country when I look at the state. Why not? Oh, because I just look at because I just look at the state of club rugby. I look at the state of the how difficult the unions are struggling, and I just think that money could be better spent in some of the grassroots areas of the game. If we continue to make it too top heavy, grassroots falls over, and so we've got to find a more of a balance. If the players want to go and take the big money overseas, let them go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, that's probably the question I wanted to ask you about is that um, an interesting thing I heard the other day was that. Um, and I know that you've been an endurance athlete, that Paul Coles, I heard about an interview the other day that said that he went vegan to improve his squash, which sort of surprised me. He, 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 vegan. He, 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 sorry, he did what? He, he, he went vegan to improve his squash. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm not sure about all that sort of stuff. I think, you know, it's really easy to... Um, I think you've got to be a bit careful... I think there's some downsides with sort of going vegan, particularly on the women's side, you know, how much iron are you getting into you and, you know, with menstrual cycles yeah. and all that other thing with women, you know, it's very easy to become anemic. Um, look, good on, clearly works for him. I, my, philosophy, yeah. my philosophy was train as hard as you can train and eat in moderation and let your body come to a natural equation. But, you know, clearly right. he's found being a vegan has clearly enhanced his performance. Is that... Is that then suddenly the rule for everybody else? Well, I mean, it might be worth trying, but I think you've got to, you know, you've got to go in with some, you know, with with some advice and some people around you on what the pros and cons are of of any diet. Right. Yeah. 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 Because I know that you've been in the endurance situation, and it surprised me. But person at that top level. Yeah, who's competing so hard to go vegan? I thought, wow, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and that, about it. that yeah. squash is brutally tough aerobically, man. That is a yeah. hard, hard sport. I mean, you know, look, look. Yeah. I, what used to frustrate me a little bit when I was an athlete is you'd get these dietitians and stuff with their academic degrees on the wall telling you what you should be yeah. eating, right? And it looked good on a PowerPoint presentation, but like you go and ride six, seven hundred kilometres a week, you go and run one hundred and ten kilometres on top of that, and you do exactly. some, yeah. swimming of twenty kilometres a week. And I tell you what, you know what you actually feel like when you finish a time. 100 kilometer bike ride, you just want hamburgers uh, because the furnace. You want carbs, you just want to eat it. Yeah, the furnace is burning that damn bright, you just need to get the calories in. When you finished a long run, sometimes you just want a Coca Cola and a bag of bloody lollies or something, you know? Hey, that's not to say you wouldn't have a healthy breakfast, but. You know, sometimes it's a case of athletes ahead of science as well. And so you've got to figure it all out. Yeah. Mm. But watch him play Squash Man, he looks sharp. He looks itchy, real bitty. Mm. Oh, no, he's a class act, mate. He is a wonderful, wonderful yeah. athlete. Yep, no, brilliant. Hey, yeah. uh, Ted, what's your rugby club in Hamilton, mate? Oh, no, oh, no um, my son played for Tech, but I'm a Hawks Bay boy. Oh, so, good on yeah. you, mate. Well done. No, okay, you got a yeah. good season. A lot of people picking Hawks Bay to possibly take the whole thing out. Or might... um, my, uh, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm heading off to the game this weekend. Hawks Bay play Waikato up here, so. Oh, good on you. Yeah. I'll drag my son along, but he he might want to come. Yeah. Hey, like boy, but. No, Ted, hey, lovely to have you on the program. Thank you for phoning. Really appreciate it. Nice call, too. I like the fact that you're um, not afraid to disagree. I do like that. 25 minutes, 25 and a half minutes after eight, you are listening to SENZ. Uh, look, um, how important is this test? Well, it's, it's not how important. It's hugely important, this test against South Africa. Massive. Players playing for their lives. A lot of pressure on Sam Whitelock, a lot of pressure in terms of his longevity. Is he, you know, yeah, these guys bring experience and you can't underestimate that. And so Sam Whitelock's allowed to have that one. But he's also got to then make sure that his loose forwards are mobile, his loose forwards are getting the job done.
Who do you start at centre? Someone texting in here, hey, Waddy. Hey, Waddo, sorry, but good you is just a yard short of Gallup now. Crusaders won the super final because they decimated the Blues line-out. We have the cattle. We just need a good game plan and then a plan B and a C if we are under pressure. And that comes from Nick here. The problem is, though, we're so over-resourced now, our players don't know how to change the game plan. They have to wait for the calls to come down. They have to go in at half-time. It's not just about winning one test. You've got to win both. You've got to make a statement that we're on an upward trajectory. Text us here on double eight double three. Graham, good evening. Welcome. Oh, good day, Mark. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, some interesting conversations. Yeah, and great to, good to hear Ted. Yeah, he made some great points. Yeah, no. Um, well, where do you start with the All Blacks? Really, I mean, um, yeah. First thing I'd probably like to say is that I've heard a lot from people, probably not All Blacks, but uh, well, no, one Jeff Wilson and, and a couple of other people have said, oh, you know, people are attacking. There's a sort of mentality that it's a personal attack on Ian Foster and Sam Kane, and that drives me, you know, completely okay. mad. It's really. called it's called being a damn All Black. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way, Graham. Yeah. And the day it stopped, we're in real trouble, mate, because people no longer care. If you don't like being criticised, if you think that it's somehow tough. Don't go down the path of being an All Black. It's no different. Just in regards to comments, never take, don't take, what do you expect from Sky Television? They're, they're a lapdog for New Zealand rugby. They're a PR firm for New Zealand rugby. Oh, I know. And that was, yeah, that's been made by a few people. Uh, you know, it, it read his comments about Scott Robertson. You know, how to, you know, sort of like our dear, you know, I don't want to talk about that too much. Cause no, 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 but Scott Robertson's entitled to come out on a podcast yep. and show his intentions. He's driven, exactly. he's ambitious. Oh, I agree. And we 100%. cannot afford to let another coach head off overseas because we want to, because we don't have, excuse the word, but we don't have the balls to get rid of Ian Foster. Oh, well, exactly. I mean, you know, you're, you're preaching to the converted with me, Mark, and, um, as you know, you know, I mean, he should have got the job in 2019. And then you have Hanson coming out with a complete waffle last oh. week about oh. relationship between the players and the, and the board. Oh. And, you oh. know, um, so, I mean, that just... But, you well, know, let, 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 let's ask Charles Piatel how Steve Hanson dealt with him. Let's talk to players like Stephen Lewatua, mate. Steve Hanson was the guy that basically made the All Blacks top-heavy. Steve Hanson made it all about Steve Hanson. Go back to oh, yeah. 2016 and ask your Gordon Titchens. Yeah, oh, I mean, exactly. I find it I find it funny that these guys now come out and blame the current administration. You know, you know me, Graham. You've you've seen the articles yep. I've written, mate. I said it four yes, years I ago. Know. This next administration will be cleaning up VMS, and it's exactly what's happening. This just didn't happen in the last, you know, since Mark Robertson's come in or since Steve oh, Chu's stepped down. Not, and I, you know, you know, I'm not a defender of Mark Robinson. You know, he's made mis- some mistakes, as all administrators, but I think some people are getting a bit carried away with his part as the villain, the sort of Lee Harvey Oswald and all this, you know, with his, you know, water pistol. You know, I think decisions were made. You know, Steve Chu, Steve Hansen, and they had Ted there on the, uh, you know, the panel there to interrogate Scott Robertson. We just know that that was well set up before oh. Mark Robinson took over. And I, do, I think people are naive and don't know yeah, the fact. But, but look, even the fact that they went out um, and approached other coaches with very little notice at all to try and make sure, try and create the impression that somehow 
um, you know, it, it was um, transparent. I mean, I'm um, sorry, who's the Irish coach that's now with the Blues? Um, uh, Joe Schmidt. Now, Joe Schmidt. I mean, oh, we'll, we'll see if Joe wants to apply. Well, he, he'd already committed uh, back then yep. to where he was at. And, you know, you just go, come on, guys. You don't really want those guys to apply. You've sort of found out, well, we'll ask them, but we know they're going to say no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, people like Joe Schmidt and, and of course, Jason Ryan, who, you know, from here, I mean, they're being dragged, but they're still being dragged into, you know, of course, the, they, you know, I think Schmidt made a difference in that before that first test and against the Irish and, and Auckland. And then, you know, Jason Ryan's going to make a difference with the, with the forwards in terms of just the application and what the, the technicality side of it. But it doesn't change the fact that Foster's still the coach and then you got... You know, a cane as captain, and you know, and they are well, the pivotal position. But, it, but it's funny, isn't it? We've had these guys in place for what two and a half years, well, 2020, 21, 22, so three years basically. And it's taken Jason Ryan to come in and say the forward pack's dented. I mean, the oh, very I fact that it takes someone else to identify that says that these guys are not equipped enough to be the coach and arguably the captain. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, with looking to this weekend with what they do, yeah, I agree with you about <clears throat> Geordie, you know, he's a great goal kicker and he has his moments. But, yeah, I think Will Jordan... Oh, you know, Will, Jordan should be, Will Jordan should be starting at fullback in a heartbeat, particularly in South Africa on a surface like that. You go back to the days of Glenn Osborne, you go back to the days of Christian Cullen, you just yeah, go definitely. back to attacking-type players, eh? And, you know, just suited for South Africa. Look, I've never, I've never been impressed by Geordie Barrett. No, I mean, he's an ungainliness with his play, you know, which is a word that's used a lot now. And I mean, he's, he's, well, he's not... He's just not that smart, yeah. mate. No, no. He, you know, he's the size of John Kerwin, but he hasn't got what Kerwin had, um, you know, that sort of brute strength and speed. Mm. He, sort of, he sort of gets sort of, muff, you know, sort of shuffled into touch sideways a lot with the ball. And yes, he does take a few high balls and, and he kicks goals, but he doesn't add... Mm. That zest that you want, especially in the modern day game. Well, even since mm. since since the eighties, even you know. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if you pick twenty three players and Angus Tatavau was part of that squad, mate, we're in real trouble. Uh, honestly, uh, some of the oh, yeah, well, some of the selections they have made are just just mind boggling yeah, in terms Cullen of Grace, who, I, you know. See, see Cullen Grace is an interesting one for me, Graham. I want to get him. I want to see him get an opportunity. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I need to find out whether his level is super rugby or whether his level is at all black level, whether you can take that next step. Um, and I say that because I, I, I see him, but I wonder, I, I just wonder whether that physicality is there with him. But he should be given the opportunity to prove it. Well, you know, the thing about him is he's, he's a tough, no, no, you know, he's a non-stop guy. He's got a big heart. You know, he's yeah. not someone who goes to sleep during a game. You know, the physicality thing, you know, and I've heard other people say that, could argue about that, but um, he certainly has a super rugby level, but he's the type of guy that, you know, I mean, never lets the team down, I sound patronising, but you need people with heart and soul, and he's got that, you know, and I, I, I question, you know, some of the players that they've picked in recent times and, and in not-so-recent times, whether they would have... Half of what he's got, obviously, some blackadders out. And, well, I mean, um, you, you'd have him in there over um, Akira Awani, wouldn't you? I mean, Akira yeah. Awani oh, just—he exactly. just, 
Oh, look, I've heard things, mate. I've heard things, you know. he He's not yeah. the complete package off the field still. He's still a work in progress. He's good for seven or eight minutes. But I want guys that, you know, hey, if you had to call on your life, have them in the trenches, I'd have Cullen Grace ahead of him in a heartbeat, mate. Well, that's, that's what I'm, you know, as you know, I'm saying here. That, that, I mean, you know, people talk about the glory days of the 60s, even though you and I have... I was born in that era, but but we heard about. But they weren't all flash and dash and diving in the corner. No. They actually were guys that just drove. You know, took the spot, the box on up. You know, yeah, they, well, I mean, it was a different game. I know, but people think they were all you know ten cent heroes. They weren't. They were guys that actually went out there and slogged it out. You know, and I. The, what's happening now? And some of the smoke screens coming up from the rugby union. <laughs> They just, um, you know, just pathetic, you know, from and the supporters of the current, you know, decision makers and oh, you know what right. what oh. happens with the selections. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. I know you, you're a big fan of Perifeta. I'd like to see Richie Mwanga given a chance because I think. Oh no, I'd just like to, I'd like to see Stephen Perifeta. I just at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, what I'll say is, I'm just not convinced that Bowden Barrett knows how to lead a team round. I'm just not. I'm not convinced. No, I've oh, got to be honest. I don't think. I, I don't think that. Um, I, I don't think Richie Mawanga, um, in the All Black jersey, showing the form that he's shown at Super Rugby. Um, now, you might disagree with me on that, but again, it's. Well, um, he certainly did last year before he went on paternity leave. But yeah, they, I, I think he's been undermined personally yeah. in terms of his confidence. Yeah. Um, that's not. You know any um, scuttlebutt. That's just a personal, mm. um, you know, feeling I have or intuition. You know, intuition. Mm. I just think that you know it's become a bit of a <laughs> Bowden's there because he's in the well. They're both supposedly in the leadership group, yeah. and I think Richie Mwanga, um underrate with Razor. He's been brilliant, you know, and I just think, yeah, he's being put in a position now, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we miss Jack Goodhue, as you say. I, I agree. So they talk about pace and all. Well, you know, you know, it's Conrad Joe Stanley Smith, and hey, Frank Yeah, but Con- they weren't the fast. They were they were no. quick, of course. Look, they were and, quick. And, and, and Conrad Conrad Smith wasn't particularly quick. Hey, look, Graham, I'm going to have no. to I'm going to have to move no, on. Good man. But yep. as always, thank you for phoning, mate. I greatly appreciate no, it. Cheers. No problem. Yeah, you have a good night. And tw- great co- yeah. conversation. Twenty three yep. and a half minutes away from nine. Telephone number is oh eight hundred one five zero eight double one is the number. Uh, taking your calls. The other thing is, Mark Robertson, I don't think is to blame for the current situation. I mean, he probably needs to be a bit tougher in making the call on Ian Foster. Um, but in terms of where we're at, in terms of player depth, the state of the game, it's the previous administration. It's no different than a government coming in and suddenly things are economically good and they've been in power for 12 months and they claim credit for it, where clearly it's been the previous government who've put things in place and vice versa. Um, even when things are bad, you can go the other way with it all. But, you know, the other thing with Mark Robertson is, we, and this is where it's been disappointing, I've, I've understood in more recent times that even when they were training in Wellington last week, uh, there was a pokies, you know, pokies machines uh, not too far from the hotel and the players were in there playing in pokies. Not a good look. Going through the airport and not wearing masks and then telling a member of the public to chill out. Not a good look. Going into a bar after you've just lost the second test to the Irish, not a good look. Being given very expensive watches three days after that or once they come back into camp and putting that out on social media, and these watches I understand are about $5,000 each, just not a good look. New Zealand rugby needs to read the room. Those that are running the PR, those that are running the media are clueless. 
absolutely and utterly clueless. No idea. Management needs to step in here. 